1: fellowship and love. Welcome to True Fairy Tales. In each episode, Father Longenecker will tell a fairy tale, but the introduction will also give some information about fairy tales and fantasy literature. A fairy tale is a story that takes place in an alternative world. Whether that other world may be Middle Earth, Narnia, Neverland, or Wonderland, it's a land of magic and wonder, delight, mystery, and often fear, dread, and loathing. That world of make-believe is a land where we learn lessons about our world. We learn how to make a good life and what to believe. These categories of stories have some subdivisions. Within fairyland, if you like, there are magical tales, science fiction, allegory, legend, myth, fantasy, horror, and fables. We'll talk more about these different types of fairy tales in future episodes. In this episode, Father Longenecker tells a classic story recorded by Hans Christian Andersen. This story falls into the category of fable. A fable is a make-believe story that has a clear moral at the end. Aesop's fables are the most famous. The Emperor's New Clothes is a rather more complicated fable. There is, of course, one clear moral or lesson you can take away from the story, but if you think about the story and talk about it together, you'll discover some other lessons that weren't clear at first sight. Well, enough for me. Here is Father Longenecker with the classic Hans Christian Andersen tale, The Emperor's New Clothes.
2: The Emperor's New Clothes Many years ago, there was an emperor who lived in a grand palace in the very heart of a shining city. The emperor was wealthy and proud. Whenever he appeared before his people, he decked himself out in glittering jewels, elegant shoes, and robes of the richest silks. The emperor didn't spend any time inspecting his army. He didn't care a bit about money or business. Instead, he spent all of his days dressing up in new clothes. The emperor wasted hours in his private chambers, parading up and down in fancy outfits. The rooms were lined with gold-trimmed mirrors. That way, the emperor could admire himself from every angle. "'Splendid!' he would crow, nodding at his finery and puffing out his chest. "'Absolutely splendid!' The emperor's passion for fashion seemed endless. No sooner had he tried on a dapper new jacket or a swishy new cloak than he was clicking his fingers all over again. I need more, the emperor cried, something special, something stunning. I need something spectacular and fabulous. His courtiers would rush in and out all day long, carrying armfuls of clothes, often piled so high they couldn't even see where they were going. Before long, the emperor's closets were overflowing, The palace buzzed with tailors, seamstresses, and hat-makers, working night and day. There was always something new for them to make. The emperor never wore the same clothing twice. Every morning, the prime minister was summoned to the emperor's dressing room. He would be told to sit and wait while his majesty got dressed. Courtiers swarmed around the emperor, polishing belt buckles and fastening ties. Look at me today, the emperor would finally say, stepping out in his latest look. "'Aren't I the best-dressed emperor in the whole wide world?' "'The Prime Minister would always cough politely and then sink into a very deep bow, "'and his answer was always the same. "'Yes, Your Majesty, you most certainly are the best-dressed emperor.' The Emperor's extravagant tastes soon became famous far and wide. Merchants came to the city hoping to sell him clothes, jewelry, and shoes, but even their finest wares didn't satisfy the Emperor for long. One morning, two strangers appeared at the palace gates. Between them, they carried an enormous trunk with a padlock on the front. "'Who goes there?' demanded the gatekeepers. "'We require an audience with the Emperor,' they said boldly. The gatekeepers eyed the pair suspiciously. One man was tall and gangly with eyes that darted left and right. The other was a small, round fellow, squeezed into a vest so tight that it was straining at the buttons. "'We are master weavers,' declared the tall man. "'We make robes that are fit for kings.' At that moment the prime minister scurried past, carrying an armful of official papers and decrees." The emperor doesn't see anyone unless they have an appointment, he called over his shoulder. He will want to see us, the man called. Our weaving is the talk of royalty. We only make clothes for the greatest rulers in the world. And what clothing it is, chirped his friend. Words can't describe such luxury. Our colors and patterns will take your breath away. Every thread is a masterpiece. The prime minister stopped. There was a royal procession through the city that very next week, and once a year the emperor paraded before his people, and he expected every subject to line the streets and cheer. The emperor had spent months trying to pick out the perfect outfit for the parade, but he still hadn't found one special enough. Maybe these weavers could conjure up a creation that would please the emperor. The costume would need to be unique, and the most spectacular thing the emperor had ever seen. The Prime Minister turned on his heel and flashed his friendliest smile. Gentlemen, um, do, 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 come this way. The Emperor was delighted to meet these men who claimed to be master weavers. He listened carefully as they explained their craft. "'Our designs are exceptional,' insisted the weavers. "'No two pieces are the same. Each piece is created from the rarest fabric. It is lighter than gossamer, sheerer than silk.' The garments slip on with such ease it is almost as if you were wearing nothing at all. The Prime Minister bowed graciously, and uh, perhaps this might be something Your Majesty would like to consider for the royal procession. The Emperor's eyes lit up at once. Yes, of course, I would need a design like that, something exclusive. robes that are befitting of a great emperor. no expense should be spared. My my friend, no expense should be spared. The weavers rubbed their chins. For a moment, the Prime Minister fancied that he saw a little wink pass between them, but when he looked again, they were busy pulling out their pens and tape measures and quills. "'We will stitch something spectacular for His Highness,' said the tall weaver. "'It will fit like a glove. "'Of course, the crowds will flock around you, "'but only the lucky few will be able to enjoy the true marvel of our creation. "'Your Majesty will be the talk of the kingdom.' "'Only the lucky few?' asked the Emperor. The small, round-weaver's voice faded into a whisper. "'We design for the richest and most powerful people in the world, Your Majesty. Our pieces aren't worn by any old riffraff. Indeed, our fabrics are so refined, only the cleverest and most sophisticated people can even see them.' The tall-weaver looked straight at the Prime Minister and said, "'To anyone else?' Our fabrics are simply invisible. It's like there's nothing there. Only the wisest people can truly see them. Anyone stupid, unworthy, or vulgar won't be able to see our cloth, said the small round weaver. It's quite simple, really. Also, anyone who's dishonest or unworthy cannot see our cloth." The Prime Minister started to protest at this idea, but the Emperor silenced him with a wave of his hand. The weaver's proposition sounded fascinating. Once he was wearing these fine new robes, the Emperor would be able to tell who truly deserved their place in his court. If only stupid people couldn't see it, and if dishonest people couldn't see it, he would be able to tell who was worthy and who was not. He would be able to dismiss all of the dishonest, dull, lazy people, and surround himself only by those cultured enough and refined enough— "'to be able to see his clothing and deserve his company.' "'The emperor jumped to his feet and pulled on a scarlet cord, "'hanging next to his throne. "'A bell rang out across the palace. "'Summon the treasurer. "'I want to make a royal commission.' "'The deal was soon struck. "'The treasurer trudged down to the palace dungeons "'and unlocked the royal vault. Twelve footmen were sent marching back up to the throne room, "'each carrying a bag of gold coins.' "'That will do nicely,' nodded the weavers, sharing the bags out between them. "'Prime Minister,' ordered the Emperor, "'find an empty chamber for our visitors and set up a loom for them to work on. "'Give them everything they need. "'They have a very important job to do.' The Prime Minister nodded politely and led the weavers away. He noticed that the men were both grinning from ear to ear. The Prime Minister wondered if he had done the right thing introducing the pair to the Emperor, who was so easily taken in. It sounded impossible for the weavers to be able to make clothes invisible to foolish people. But it was too late now. The Emperor's new clothes would be the talk of the kingdom in no time at all. Nobody would be able to see the Emperor's fine robes. Who would be worthy enough to admire them? Who wouldn't be able to see them at all? The weavers had just one week to create their masterpiece. We will need materials to work with, announced the tall weaver. Bring us gold, thread, silks, and precious gems in every color and shade. The prime minister wrote a list and then sent the footmen out to order what was needed. When the goods arrived, the weavers made a great show of inspecting every item. They pored over each roll of silk, picking out the finest one. They looked at the golden thread. They looked at the rubies, pearls, and diamonds and held them up to the light. "'Yes,' decided the weavers, packing everything into their enormous trunk. "'These will do. Now let's give us time to weave.' And the Prime Minister closed the chamber door, and the men bolted behind them. "'What are they up to?' he muttered to himself. The weavers appeared to toil by sunlight and candlelight, never leaving the loft room. The loom clack-clack-clacked as they worked, and the scissors snip-snip-snipped. Entry to the chamber was strictly forbidden. No one would be allowed in until it was time to unveil the outfit for the royal procession. The Emperor tried to be patient, but he was not used to being patient. He soon became anxious and fidgety, calling the Prime Minister to his private dresser-room. "'The day of procession will be here before we know it,' he said, pacing up and down. "'I need to know all is in hand.' "'I understand, of course, Your Majesty,' smoothed the Prime Minister, "'but the weavers do seem very busy.' "'But I don't even know what color I'll be wearing. They can't do it. They can't. This doesn't do it all.' "'The Prime Minister, shall I escort you to the weaver's chamber? "'Your Majesty can inspect the fabric for himself.' "'The Emperor shook his head. "'Something about the weaver's promise made him nervous. "'What if he, the world's best-dressed Emperor, "'couldn't see the fantastic threads and the wonderful fabrics? "'That would make him look foolish. "'So the Emperor sent the Prime Minister along instead "'to test whether he was worthy of his position. "'I'm far too busy for such errands,' said the Emperor.' "'as the Prime Minister trooped out the door. "'The Prime Minister knocked on the weaver's door. "'His Majesty has asked me to inspect your work,' he said. "'Everything must be perfect for the royal procession. "'You understand?' "'To the Prime Minister's surprise, the two men welcomed him inside. "'He expected to see a chamber strewn with mannequins, patterns, and thread. "'Instead, there was nothing. "'The loom stood empty in the middle of the room.' "'We're exhausted,' said the small weaver, pulling a handkerchief out of his vest-pocket and mopping his brow. "'The loom has been running day and night.' Uh, "'Has it?' said the Prime Minister. The tall weaver looked affronted. "'Of course,' he replied, stretching out his arms, even though he wasn't holding anything. "'How else do you think we made this?' "'Look at the fabric we've created for His Majesty,' said the small weaver. "'Isn't it beautiful?' "'Isn't it divine?' The Prime Minister's heart sank. Even when he got up close, he couldn't see a single thing. The weavers pointed and admired every aspect of the cloth, urging the Prime Minister to join in. "'I must be a fool,' he muttered to himself. "'So tell us,' said the weavers, "'what do you think?' The Prime Minister took a deep breath. He thought about the Emperor waiting upstairs. He thought about the Royal Procession. He made a decision. It's, gentlemen, it's a triumph, he lied. Such artistry. Uh, I have never seen cloth like it. I shall be sure to tell the Emperor what I have seen. Thank you so much, gentlemen, thank you. Please get back to your work. The weavers pretended to roll up the invisible cloth. Uh, just one thing before you go, said the small weaver. Ah oh, yes," said his friend. "We're running out of materials. A costume of this size is very intricate. You see, we need more silk, more thread, and more jewels. Yes, we definitely need more jewels. Oh, there's our wages too," said the small round weaver. "There's so much labor, so much for us still to do. We will require twelve bags more of gold if we are to finish everything to the high standard that His Majesty expects." emperor was trying on hats when the prime minister returned so he demanded how am i going to look on procession day the prime minister paused and then with a dry mouth he said um oh, stunning spectacular your majesty the cloth is truly unique and beautiful The Emperor clapped his hands. He made the Prime Minister describe every detail of the wonderful new clothes, the cut of every seam, every colour, every pattern. The weaver's work sounded so splendid that he was happy to grant the request for more money. Send the Treasurer along with all the gold they need, he ordered, and tell them to report back what he thinks of my new robes. The Treasurer had the gold brought up to the Master Weaver's chamber, and the Emperor had always had expensive tastes, but even he had never spent quite so much on one outfit. "'The cloth had better be good,' he grumbled. "'We'll need to raise taxes at this rate.' "'The treasurer had worked at the palace ever since he was a young boy. "'The emperor trusted him almost as much as the prime minister. "'But when the treasurer went inside, he was in for a dreadful shock. "'He couldn't see anything either. "'To him, the weaver's loom looked completely empty. "'There wasn't a single thread in sight.' "'Can it be that I'm unfit to serve the emperor if I can't see the cloth?' worried the treasurer. After all these years of his years of service, he could not bear the thought of anyone knowing such a terrible secret. The treasurer did what the prime minister had done before him. He lied. Oh, well, well, may I take this opportunity to congratulate you both, Uh, praised the treasurer. The emperor will be truly enchanted with your wonderful creation. The treasurer scuttled straight to the emperor and passed on the lie. His majesty was thrilled, but more than a little nervous. He hoped that he would be able to see the wonderful new clothes just as his officials had. The day of the royal procession drew closer, and the sense of expectation could be felt by everyone in the kingdom. Jugglers and jesters performed in the streets, and flags fluttered outside the houses. Visitors from far and wide streamed into the city for the procession. Everybody wanted to see the Emperor out in his magnificent new outfit. On the night before the grand event, the loom in the weaver's chamber clack 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 nonstop until dawn, and as soon as the sun rose, the pair unbolted the door and made their way up to the Emperor's private chambers. The Emperor sat in his dressing room, wearing only his finest silk underwear. His hair was styled, his teeth had been cleaned, and his nails had been polished to perfection. Now he just needed to get dressed. The weavers made their entrance. The Prime Minister, the Treasurer, and all the Emperor's most trusted advisors followed them inside. "'Your Majesty,' said the tall weaver, "'we present your new clothes.' The small weaver stepped forward with his arms outstretched. "'Here is your shirt,' he said. "'May I help you put it on, sir?' The tall weaver pinched his forefingers and thumbs together. "'And here,' he said, "'are your Majesty's breeches.' The emperor made a startled squeak. To him, it looked as if the weavers weren't holding anything at all. He eyed them both as closely as he dared, but the cloth was utterly invisible. This was nothing short of a disaster. The emperor looked to his advisers. The prime minister was gasping in admiration. The treasurer's face was stretched in a wide grin of delight. "'I'm not fit to wear my own crown,' thought the emperor." What a scandal. No one can ever know. The kingdom would fall into chaos without me. The weavers continued to pretend to help the emperor into his new clothes. Oh, don't forget the flowing cloak, said the small weaver. His friend moved over to the ornate mirror in the corner of the dressing room. So, what does your majesty think? I think, started the emperor, I I, I look... I, I think I look very elegant. "'The cloth has a smooth feel. It's as light as a feather.' The weavers bowed, their eyes dancing with glee. The emperor stood still while they fussed and flapped around him, adjusting bows and buttons, and pretending to adjust collars and tighten the little bows. "'Your majesty is now officially ready,' said the tall weaver. And with that, the whole room burst into a round of applause. "'May I be the first to say—' said the Prime Minister, that the colour suits you to perfection, Majesty. Oh, and the style, said the treasurer, it's sublime. What a sumptuous outfit! Today, today, Emperor, you are truly without equal. Everybody agreed, convincing the Emperor that he had to be the only fool in the room. He was too proud to admit that he couldn't see his own clothes, so he carried on. Thank you, he said to the weavers. Thank you, gentlemen. From now on, you will be known as the Royal Master Weavers it was time for the royal procession to begin the emperor gathered his invisible robes and swept down the palace stairs footmen and chambermaids hid their shock when they saw him striding in by in just his underwear the royal butler placed a crown upon the emperor's head and passed him his golden scepter the palace gates were opened and the emperor puffed out his chest and stepped out into the sunshine wearing only his underwear the procession was a magnificent sight. Gleaming white horses, pranced in rows, their bridles decorated with purple plumes. There were canopies fringed with gold and red, trumpet players and marching soldiers. The only people not lining the streets were the weavers, who had sneaked away, taking their trunk filled with all of the emperor's treasures. "'Look!' cried a voice. "'There's the emperor!' And for just one second the crowd went silent. And then they cheered. Look at his cloak, they marveled. How it glitters in the sunlight. You can tell he has the finest clothes in the world, they chattered. What a perfect fit. Everybody pretended they could see the new clothes because nobody wanted to look stupid and vulgar. The emperor straightened his back, thrilled by the applause. Just then, a little child found his way to the front and tugged on his father's hand. What are they saying? he asked innocently. I can't see any clothes at all. The little boy's father tried to pretend that it was all a game. But still, the little boy carried on. "'The emperor isn't wearing anything at all. "'Look, Daddy, doesn't he look funny in his underwear?' "'Did you ever hear such innocent talk?' said the father as he patted the boy on the head. "'At first, the people were shocked by the child's claim, "'and then they started to nudge each other and repeat what the boy had said. "'And suddenly the crowd burst into hoots of laughter as they realized the truth.' <laughs> they said, the emperor has nothing on it at all. Look at that, they cried. <laughs> the emperor is naked. He's only wearing his underwear. The prime minister and treasurer didn't know what to do. The emperor gulped because he realized the crowd was right. The weavers had tricked him, and now he was parading before his entire kingdom in only his underwear. But he didn't stop or demand any real clothes to cover himself. He was too proud to admit that he'd been fooled. The procession must go on, he said, as he walked ever more proudly in the clothes that really weren't there at all.
1: Thank you for listening to True Fairy Tales. Remember, these stories are podcasted free of charge, but they're not free to produce and distribute. If you'd like to help support Father Longenecker's work, make sure to go to his blog, Standing on My Head, at DwightLongenecker.com. You can use the donate button in the right sidebar to make a donation or go to the subscribe page to see how you can be a donor subscriber and receive extra podcast stories, archived blog posts and more. That's dwightlongenecker.com or just do a Google search for Dwight Longenecker.
0: Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at lexusoflexington.com.